Welcome to the Strongstown United Methodist Church. Join us for worship each Sunday morning at 11. Here's this week's message. So our Old Testament scripture reading is from the book of Ruth. We're going to finish the book of Ruth today. We're starting on page 292 of your hymn Bible. We're in uh, chapter 3 of Ruth, verses 1 through 5. And then we'll be over in chapter 4, verses 13 through 17. Sometime later, Naomi said to Ruth, I must find a husband for you so that you will have a home of your own. Remember that this man, Boaz, whose woman you have been working with, is our relative. Now listen, this evening he will be threshing the barley. So wash yourself. Put on some perfume and get dressed in your best clothes. Then go where he is threshing, but don't let him know you are there until he has finished eating and drinking. Be sure to notice where he lies down, and after he falls asleep, go lift the covers and lie down at his feet. He will tell you what to do. Ruth answered, I will do everything you say. So now we're over in chapter 4, verses 13 through 17. So Boaz took Ruth home as his wife. The Lord blessed her, and she became pregnant and had a son. The women said to Naomi, Praise the Lord, he has given you a grandson today to take care of you. May the boy become famous in Israel. Your daughter-in-law loves you and has done more for you than seven sons, and now she has given you a grandson who will bring new life to you and give you security in your old age. Naomi took the child, held him close, and took care of him. The women of the neighborhood named the boy Obed, and they told everyone, a son has been born to Naomi. Obed became the father of Jesse, and who was the father of David. So now our New Testament reading is in the Gospel of Mark, and we're in chapter 12, and we are reading verses 38 through 44. Chapter 12, verses 38 through 44. As he taught them, Jesus said, watch out for teachers of the law who like to walk around in their long robes and be greeted with respect in the marketplace, who choose the reserved seats in the synagogues and the best places at feasts. They take advantage of widows and rob them of their homes and then make a show of saying long prayers. Their punishment will be all the worse. As Jesus sat near the temple treasury, he watched the people as they dropped in their money. Many rich men dropped in a lot of money. Then a poor widow came along and dropped in two little copper coins worth about a penny. He called his disciples together and said to them, I tell you that this poor widow put in more in the offering box than all the others. For the others put in what they had to spare of their riches. But she, poor as she is, put in all she had. She gave all she had to live on. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thank you. My friends, I see a world out there 
that is weary, a world tired, a world in need. Maybe sometimes you feel tired. Maybe sometimes you feel weary. There are times I feel that way. There are times I feel, why get up? Why not give up? There are times the enemy whispers in my ear, give up. It's not worth it. Why try? When we're in these times of poverty, poverty of time, poverty of love, poverty of joy, poverty of life, that's when our Lord comes to us. This week, my husband, you know, he's sick. He's in the kitchen making himself a drink, and I'm in the kitchen, and he says, Trish, are you all right? And I said, no, I'm not. And I don't normally share these things with my husband because he's walking a walk worse than my walk. I don't normally share those things with my husband. I said, I'm not okay today. And he walked over to me. And he put his arms around me and let me cry on his shoulder. And that's not easy for him to stand and have his arms out for 10 minutes. And I said a prayer, Lord, thank you, because that was our Lord standing there with his arms around me through the person of my husband. Because my husband didn't have the strength to do that. And that was the Holy Spirit saying to my husband, ask your wife if she's okay. Because he doesn't normally have the presence of mind to ask me a question like that. But that was our Lord there in that moment in our kitchen asking those questions. Don't you think that widow in this story was weary? A widow in those times, in that age, had a hard life. And our Lord tells his disciples she gave everything. She gave her life. That was her last of her money. She gave out of her poverty. She sacrificed. And she gave into the free will offering all she had out of love for her God. She got up that day and went to the temple and gave all she had because she loved her Lord. And it reminded me of a story of Elijah. When he went during the times when the rain wasn't falling and he asked the widow who was going and gathering sticks to make up the last of her flour and oil to make cakes for her and her son so they could eat and die. And he said to her, can you give me a drink of water? And she said, I will. And he said, oh, and bring me bread. And she said, I have no bread. I'm gathering sticks to make up the last of my flour and water so my son and I can eat and die. And he said, but first make me a cake. Because the Lord says, you make me a cake, your flour jar will never go empty, nor will your oil. And what did she do? Out of the poverty of her food, like that widow, out of the poverty of her money, out of the poverty of her food, she trusted the Lord. And she gave to Elijah. And what happened? 
Her flower jar never went empty. Her oil jar never went empty until the rain fell again, right? Out of love and out of trust in the Lord, she gave. Out of her poverty, she gave, she sacrificed. And that's the key. We preach the risen Christ. Christ had to leave for us stories that the disciples of the time could relate to and so that time and generations could relate to because this is the living word. Our sacred text lives for generations. For 2,021 years, our sacred text lives now and will live for times to come so that we can connect with our God so that we can listen and give to his, connect, his kingdom. And he asks us at times to give out of our poverty. And it's counter to what the world tells us. It's not normal to reach into your suffering and give. To give out of your poverty of pain and give. Maybe you're suffering, maybe you're sad, maybe you're lonely, maybe you don't have food, but you give. Because the Lord asks you to. And so you give. The world tells you don't give, but you give. Maybe you're hurting, but you love anyway. Maybe you're sad, but you love anyway. To love when you're in pain. To love when you're in suffering. To give when you don't have anything left to give. That's not what the world tells us to do. That's what our Christ tells us to do. And that's when we're like this widow in the story. When we give in our times of poverty. That's when we're like this widow in the story. We don't have to wait until our lives are perfect to do what God is calling us to do. He doesn't ask us that. He asks us to trust him and to go forward anyway, to step off that ledge anyway, because he's out there in front of us. You know, we hear stories all the time of people paying for things for other people's behalf. Like in a grocery store, you've heard those stories, oh, someone, you know, paid for the groceries and left an extra sum of money there to pay for those behind them, right? or in, you know, McDonald's or drive through pay for the person behind me. And those stories warm our hearts because there's kindness out there in the world. People paying for something they didn't owe. We owe a price for our sin that we can't pay. He paid the price he didn't owe so that we could reap the benefits because we couldn't pay it. And so when we reach down into whatever poverty we're suffering and he asks us to give anyway, to pay for it forward anyway, right? Maybe you don't have time, but Jesus is asking you to make time for him, to make time for something that he wants you to do. Maybe a poverty of interest. Lord, I don't have interest in doing that thing you're asking me to do, right? 
whatever that poverty is when he asks you anyway, that's a very special thing you're doing for your Lord. Because his love is unimaginable. His love doesn't make sense in this world. His love is what we're trying to emulate. And it is in him in us. It's the Christ in us. Because our salvation story doesn't stop with sinners saved. It's made new creation in Christ. That's why, and that's the only reason how, we can give out of our poverty. That's the only way we can sacrifice because it makes no sense to the world to give when you don't have anything left to give. The world tells us, hold it close because you might need it for another day. And Christ says, no, give it because I will make sure that you have plenty. It doesn't make sense to the world because we draw from a different well because we are new creations in Christ. And our Christ, our Redeemer, is all about unity. You know, the other part of the scripture talks about the Pharisees and the scribes and the teachers of the law who were all about the vision. You're too dumb to understand your sacred text. You're too dumb to make it on your own. You know, I'm up here and, and, and all about the vision and class and keep, let's keep it, you know, give me the better seats and, you know, I'm up here. And our Christ isn't about that. Our Christ is about unity. Last week, what did we talk about when they asked what are the two most important commandments out of 613 plus laws that they had to follow under the covenant of laws. What did Christ tell them? Two, two things are the most important commandments. Love God and love your neighbor. It all boiled down to two most important laws, right? And then we talked about that love. We talked about if you sell everything and give it to the poor, but you don't do it out of love, you gain nothing. If you have the faith to move mountains, and we know how big that faith is, we talked about it weeks ago, it's as big as a mustard seed. If you have faith as big as a mustard seed and can say mountain move, but you don't have love, you have nothing. And sometimes this world tries to crust over our hearts, right? With stories we hear in the news, with people hurting us, right? But our God comes to us and says that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter because he loves us. He is the well we draw from. We are new creations and we can take those shackles and let them fall. We can love because he loves us. It doesn't matter what the world wants to heap on us. It doesn't matter how many scars we bear because by his stripes we are healed. By his stripes we are loved. By his stripes, those, that rock rolled away. And so we can love. 
And we can give. And we can be there for our brothers and sisters. We can shine his light. And the world needs us to do that more than ever. The world needs us to love more than ever. The world needs us to be different. The world doesn't need us to say what they are saying. The world needs us to say what he wants us to say, which is we love you, which is we love you because he loves you. So in those times of our lives when things aren't perfect and we are weary and our Lord asks us to do something for him, for his kingdom, we need to say, yes, I can because you are with me. And not only are you with me, but if you're asking me, I know you're out in front of it. And so I will because I can, because you did. And that's always asking of us. And I wanna be like that widow. I wanna give out of my poverty, whatever it is, and be that faithful follower. Amen.